For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome everybody to another brand new episode of It's My Wrestling Podcast, Indie Wrestling Spotlight, my brand new series where I'm having to shine a bit of a spotlight on some of the hardworking, as far as I'm concerned, hardest working wrestlers in the entire industry. Even if I can just get a few eyes on them, I'll feel like I've done a Done, done my part. Um, of course, as always, I'm your host, Chris Dees. Please, before I get started, hit subscribe if you're watching this on YouTube and hit follow if you're listening on any audio platforms. Today's guest is a man who basically lives down the road from me, which I didn't realise until pretty much like a few minutes ago. Um, he is the sexy cocoa bear, which are words that I didn't think I was ever going to say on this podcast. Um, the intergalactic sex symbol. He is, of course, the one and only Mr. Chocolate Funder. How's it going, buddy? I'm very well, thank you, Chris. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad at all. It's uh, what time is it now? Five past nine. It's hard, hard doing podcasts in the UK. Everything happens at night time. Yeah, yeah. I'm very much a night creature, so it's fine with me. <laughs> to be fair, so am I. But when when someone's like, "Oh, can you do it at eleven a.m.?" I'm like, "Yes, let's go. Let's do it as early as possible." So I've got the rest of my day to go because by the time I do a nighttime one, it's like straight to bed. I'm like, yeah. oh. Great. So that's my that's my day gone. But hey, it doesn't matter because I've got the pleasure of talking to you. So I'm more than happy to do it. Um, I want to get right into it. Um, don't want to take up too much of your time because, like I said, it is quite late at night on a Friday night, and we probably got you probably got better things to do than to talk to me on a on a podcast. Um, I don't like to ask the same old questions because not to not to disrespect any of the podcasts, but most of them start off like, "Oh, who was your favorite wrestler?" Blah blah blah. These kind of things. What I want to know is more about like you and what actually led to you becoming a wrestler. Not so like what led to you becoming a fan or your first memories. What was like your pin drop moment? What was the moment where you were like, this is what I've got to do? Was it a match, a moment, a segment, a promo? What, what was it that made it click for you? So I guess for me personally, um, I've always been a Stone Cold Steve Austin fan, to be perfectly honest. Uh, he's the guy who I've always looked to and who have always enjoyed watching wrestling. Um, but I think it had to be like us, uh, The Rock versus Hogan uh, at WrestleMania. It was just one of those matches where it wasn't so much wrestling. It was just this pure storytelling that I really enjoyed. And just, you know, just the whole, um, obviously, The Rock being the icon that he is, Hogan coming back for his first big match. And... Yeah, it's just just the storytelling side of it. Um, I've always been like quite a sporty person and quite like into my fitness and athletic, or not athletics, but like fitness wise. Yeah. Um, so I've always thought, you know what, I really at least like to try this and just see how it goes. Um, finding a school was the difficult part. Um, and then I eventually found one that was like based um, nearby where we lived I uh, went down did my first session and I, I I was straight away like yeah I want to carry on doing this and like give it a go um so basically to cut a long story short it was the rock versus Hogan at Wrestlemania that's that's a pretty good place to start 
Yeah. Let's be honest. Like, uh, man, when I think about that match, which is probably more often than I should, like, I just think of the first like five minutes of it where there's there's no wrestling. It's literally yeah. two guys looking at each other, looking at the crowd in slow motion. Like that that crowd. That's one of the best crowds I've ever seen in in any wrestling. Yeah, it just goes to show that you know. I know nowadays people like to see like action. They like to see technical wrestling, mm-hmm. but there's still a place for, you know, there's matches where there's not a lot of wrestling. It is literally just almost like a soap opera to a degree. Um, So, yeah, it it was just really different. And that's that's the kind of sort of wrestling I like to see, just something that tells a story as much as, like, as much as it is a spectacle of, like, athleticism and, you know, high-flying moves and whatnot, that that really appeals to me. Yeah, I don't think we've got many of them left now, really, have we? Like, mm. icon versus icon matches. Unless somebody... Well, I was going to say unless somebody comes back, but I don't think there's anybody that can really wrestle anymore from that sort of era. I know The Rock's on the verge of coming back again, 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 but there's not really many, like, era versus era. That was that was era versus era, wasn't it? I, mean, I don't think we're ever going to see that again unless somebody's a megastar in 10 years' time and then John Cena comes back again, maybe? Yeah, I think it's just the, the opportunities now for people outside of wrestling. I mean, you see it all the time. There's always some someone in a TV show or something. And, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on like health now. So it's one of those things that wrestling is one of those things that you can't do forever. Um, and, you know, being a superstar that I think the attitude era is where wrestling really peaked. So that's where you got a lot of those crossover stars and people like, and um, so superstars that people would recognise outside of wrestling. So again, your Austin's, your Rocks, your Hulk Hogan's, your um, uh, Macho Man's, and just people like that. That that was that was. I don't think we're going to get a generation like that again, which is kind of sad. But I guess it that that's just the way it is. That's just the way the business is evolving. Yeah, there's not many like larger than life characters anymore. No. Is there? Everyone's a bit like bread and butter, a bit plain cut. Like it's just yeah, it stands out really anymore. There are characters like don't get me wrong, obviously, but there's no like main event going to transcend the sport going out into movies and TVs. There's Roman Reigns, but as much as I like what Roman Reigns is doing now, he is still just a stereotypical heel, really, isn't he? He's yeah. not a larger than life heel, so. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. Um, you you said something in there about sport, and I get so few opportunities to speak to other British people, to other British wrestlers, so I, I've got to touch on sport for a minute. Yeah. Please tell me you're a football fan. I am a football fan, yes, I am indeed. <laughs> now, I know that you're from Leicester, or based in Leicester, from Leicester. Who do you support? So this is where I'm going to be really disappointing. Uh, I actually am a Liverpool fan, despite being from Leicester. Uh, okay, well, it was nice interview. Um, <laughs> oh, hang on now, yeah. <laughs> um, why, why Liverpool? Is it like a family thing, like grew up around it? Um, they were just the first team I really gravitated towards. Um, right. So I remember the match in 95 against Newcastle, you know, the 4-3 where... Yeah, Holly yeah. Moore in the last minute and I remember watching that live and being like oh my god this is incredible and from there they kind of I was just sort of hooked on Liverpool um yeah so that's where it started obviously I, I still want Leicester City to do well but Liverpool will always be my like my main team 
So, yeah, I know I get a lot of stick for that. So, yeah. Yeah, especially like like when when you say that you're into football and you're from Leicester, people must be like, oh, so you must have been well happy when they won the league then. Like, yeah, yeah it's happy. <laughs> but like for different reasons. I'm a Coventry fan, being from Coventry, yeah. but I don't right, buy right. into rivalries and I don't buy into hating other teams. I just haven't got time for it. I haven't got the energy for it. So like I was... I was thrilled when Leicester won the league. Like I'm, we're never going to see that again. Let's let's be honest. No, no like there's definitely a once in a lifetime thing. Like uh, obviously to see them do it uh, was like again, like you said, it's you're never going to see it again. I mean, I was in a fairly lucky situation because uh, my partner's mum actually worked for the club, so we got a free season ticket. So I got oh, to nice. see. It. Yeah, I got to see every home game, got to see them lift the trophy and they had this uh, parade through the city. And it was it really was even amongst all the people you could tell they were like, well, we're never going to see this again. So yeah. it's definitely one of those take advantage of the opportunity of what you can. Um, but it's weird, weird to say that because I, I know Leicester and Coventry historically tend to have a bit of a rivalry from what I, from what I remember. But um, yeah, so... Yeah. Coventry is we have a rivalry with basically anyone because yeah. we don't like teams that are better than us, which generally tends to cover most teams. <laughs> so we've we've picked a fight with basically every team that there is, especially in the Midlands. Like, oh, I think above, <clears throat> I, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't honestly, not to disrespect Leicester, I wouldn't probably put Leicester in like the top five Midlands teams that we hate the most. Yeah. Obviously, top is Villa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it's like Birmingham, probably West Brom, Derby, Forest, Wolves. Probably, yeah, Wolves are in there. There's so yeah. many Midlands teams, especially yeah. three or four leagues now. There's like when even when we were down in League Two, like there were so many Midlands derbies to go to, so many more in League One. There's loads in the Championship. Um, yeah, but like we say, we say it'll never happen again. We'll never see it again in our lifetime. But I went to I went to Wembley a few about five years ago to see see us win the Johnston's paint trophy thinking like I have to go to this we're never going to be at Wembley again yeah and then literally a year later we're there winning the playoffs no so it'd have been two years later to go to go to the championship so you never know like like I say I thought that was never going to happen again and then yeah can't stop going to Wembley <laughs> so yeah it's football bit life of being a football fan isn't it you sort of think ah this, this is a one-off and then you're like oh it's it's happened again <laughs> We're fourth in the championship at the minute. Sorry, any wrestling yeah. fans. Sorry, any American wrestling fans who are like, <laughs> but yeah, we're. I never get to talk about Cov. We're. I think we're fourth still at the minute in the championship. Yeah, never saw this coming. Like we barely, barely stayed up last season. We had a really good run at the end that kept us up, and now, now we've beaten like we beat Fulham just like a month ago, and like we embarrassed Fulham. I think it was four-one. Yeah. Mad. You never know what to expect in football. But hey, thank you for indulging me and letting me talk about football. <laughs> yeah. Really appreciate it. I'm always like itching to talk about football more. Um, right, let's talk about your your character, the intergalactic sex symbol. Um, tell me about the inspiration behind the character because there's been lots of extravagant and flamboyant characters over the years. But like, like I said, we don't have many larger than life characters anymore. So were there any particular wrestlers that you took inspiration from for your character? Um, so yeah, uh, the kind of, the whole character kind of grew organically, um, is basically an off the cuff remark that suddenly took like snowboard into this whole gimmick. Um, 
and then from there I was like okay so what 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 can I who can I take from who can I take bits from and sort of get inspired by and I was obviously I was a big fan of Rick Rude when I was when I was younger when he was active like his promo style and the, obviously his persona as I'd say a bit of Rick Rude also British wise uh, I watched a lot of Adrian Street uh, for old world of sport wrestler uh, for anyone who doesn't know him he had quite a flamboyant gimmick and like he'd wear colorful robes I think he wore make he also wore makeup as well yeah, dude, yeah. so that was sort of an avenue I was like looking down um also obviously a bit of Ric Flair kind of like the pretty boy gimmick that kind of thing um so it was, it was a combination of a lot of things and also stuff from outside of wrestling as well uh I didn't want to just pigeon myself pigeonhole myself into looking at like influence inside wrestling I looked at like music uh Kanye West was a person I looked at for like sort of persona and a way of speaking and you know sorry I was going to say Prince as well there's there's a Prince. lot of Prince vibes there as well yeah the whole purple because uh obviously I wear a lot of purple so there's some Prince vibes in there as well and yeah, it's just it's just a culmination of a lot of things that I've took inspiration from, and out of all of it, it's just become chocolate thunder. Yeah. So I wanna I wanna touch on something that's obviously a little bit um, <clears throat> controversial, but it also might not be controversial. It depends what side of the fence you sit on. Um, yeah. When I see you and I see the character and the flamboyance and the purple, obviously my mind is drawn a little bit to somebody like the Velveteen Dream. Now, yeah. that's obviously a bit of a taboo name. Nobody really talks about him anymore. That's all sudden and that's happened. Did you, like, as, as you've been out there being this character and as you've been out there wrestling, have you faced any sort of, like, not criticism, I think that's the wrong word. Have, have you ever thought maybe about, like, should you keep doing the character in light of things that, that happened there? Because they are, they are so, they not carbon copies or anything, but there are similarities. Yeah, I mean, obviously, before uh, everything kicked off with him, there were comments. I, I had uh, comments from people like, oh, you, you're just like Velveteen Dream. And obviously, the similarities were there, like you said, with the kind of attire and the persona. Um, I don't think... I don't think I should stop because, obviously, obviously the allegations against him were quite serious. Um, but... It, I wouldn't say I'm exactly the same as him. Um, no. I'm not not quite as... I thought he was quite more of an ad- adult version of me, I would say. Um, like, I do a lot mm. of shows for, like, family-friendly show, family uh, promotions. So I dial it down a lot. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to be, like, thrusting my hips everywhere and sort of, like, <laughs> giving everyone a show. Um, it's just going to be me being loud and obnoxious and that's it um so yeah I can see the similarities and I can see why people would say that but I wouldn't say we're exactly the same if that makes any sense at all yeah you got different styles and personas it's more just a visual thing isn't it that where the similar yeah. and that's pretty much where the similarities end is it's the visual um, and pe- people do that a lot don't they like if they see a tall person who's well built has blonde hair and a goatee they'll say oh that's Hulk Hogan or yeah. with dark, long dark hair and a dark goatee, they'll say Drew, Mc, Drew McIntyre. It, it's, it's just a, obviously at, at first glance, you're going to say that. 
but obviously but when you look deeper into the character and you know sort of see my work you'll see it's not it's really like quite different to velvety and dream in a way yeah 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 absolutely yeah don't judge a book by its cover basically folks that's that's the moral of the story um <laughs> You mentioned something a few minutes ago that I had to ask. Um, you mentioned about when you went and found a local school, a uh, local wrestling school, training facility close to where you live. Robbie Brookside, like, doesn't really get much better than Robbie Brookside, does it? Um, did you actually, did you spend much time with Robbie? Like, I don't, in, in my head, I don't know how wrestling schools are sort of like laid out if they have trainers, if you actually spend much time with the person who owns the school. So like, what, what was the facility like? What was Robbie like if you ever spent any time with him? Um, so by the time I started training, he was in NXT, uh, set up in Florida. So it was his school in name. Um, but yeah, basically it was like a boxing gym that obviously had a massive area with mats and we could get a ring in there and obviously learn how to do stuff in the ring. Um, he we would have like uh um video calls with him uh near the end of the sessions and like off, sometimes we would have to cut promos to him over the phone which was <laughs> a really sort of daunting experience when you've got his face like <laughs> like right there in front of you and you're cutting a promo to him and it's what five or six in the morning in florida and he's probably just standing there like why am i listening to this idiot um so, yeah, and obviously he would give us a few words of encouragement and, like, give us some ideas about, like, characters and whatnot. So, yeah, that that was good to have. And, yeah, the trainers, obviously, there were trainers there to, like, give us drills to do and sort of learn uh, moves and whatnot. And, like, they're, one of the trainers from there, his name's Gareth Harris, and he's my current trainer at the school I go to, which is from the ground up school of wrestling in Leicester. And, you know, his knowledge and like his his mind for psychology and everything wrestling is just like unbelievable. Like he should get way much, way more credit than he does at the moment. But um, yeah, that was the basic setup. Hmm. Yeah, yeah I, like I've literally never seen a wrestling school outside of what you see on the TV, obviously. Yeah. Like, so I, I've never known like what it's actually like to be in there. Um, what was your? I'm always keen to know what was your first bump like. Like when you took your first bump, were you like, "This is for me"? Were you addicted, or did you like nearly quit? Um, so, one of the rings we had in that place was a boxing ring, which, if anyone who has ever been a boxing ring knows, is very very stiff compared to like a wrestling <laughs> ring. And we were doing flip bumps <clears throat> and I'd never done one before. I'd watch people do it. So I was like, okay, this seems fairly simple. Uh, there's a crash mat in there. Um, so I was like, okay, feel, feel all right. I'll give it a go. Flip bumped and I caught the back of my head on the actual ring <laughs> on the floor outside of where the mat was. Uh, I was like, oh, that doesn't feel so great. But uh, I, w- I wasn't put off by it. I was like, okay, uh, when I get this right, this it won't feel this bad. But yeah, it, it I wasn't sick or anything. So that's that's one positive. But um, yeah, it, it really is an experience when you do take one. I remember, obviously, during lockdown, we weren't able to train or, you know, 
do anything inside of a ring whilst like the country is locked or was under quarantine. Yeah. And then like my first session back, I jumped in the ring. I was like, all right, let's just get this out of the way. It's like pulling a put ripping a plaster off. <laughs> took a back bump and I was like, oh, <laughs> um, so that took some getting used to, but yeah, your first time's always uh, an experience. I'll say that much. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, I stubbed my toe like three days ago and it's still killing me. <laughs> so respect to you. Cause I, I genuinely, your hand on heart couldn't do it. Um, no, I, I couldn't do it at all. Like I get a headache if I just like tap my head off something. I, I, I can't, can't imagine what it's like um is, is it something that you you've got used to over the years how, how long have you been resting for now so i started training in 2015 2016 and i've been it's not that long yeah it's not i'm quite i'm fairly new i mean people say well, it's about five six years but i um, mean wrestling terms it's not a long time at all no, but, no. um yeah you know you do after a, after you've had a match you do feel sore and you know you, you are slow moving about a bit but it it for me it's like a good kind of sore it's like when you go to the gym and you have a really good session and you like aching the next day like I'd, I, I it doesn't I don't I, well I relish it to be honest it's a weird I'm weird like that I like stuff like <laughs> that it kind of makes you feel alive to a degree yeah I always wonder with independent wrestlers because like like you say like you've got a day job um yeah. for, for a lot of indie wrestlers Wrestling isn't their full-time job, Lizzie. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's, it's hard to come by those opportunities. So yeah. how how hard is it for you to like balance those while also wanting to like, do, do you have aspirations for wrestling to be your, your full-time job would, in an ideal world? Is that what you'd like to do? Or is it more just like, not a pastime, but like something like a, a weekend sort of thing? Um. So at the moment, I, it is a weekend sort of thing. So yeah, my day job, takes a priority to a degree i mean i'm still at a point in my wrestling career where bookings are a little bit sporadic so it's kind of there's a lot a lot of gap between shows so it's not really something i could make a living out of full time yeah. um who knows what will happen in the future but if i do like get more bookings or you know something comes up with an opportunity then yeah maybe it's something i can do full time um but yeah, it, it's just um, getting that opportunity, I suppose. Yeah, were you were you resting more regularly before COVID? Um, so I would say probably less regularly. Um, oh, okay. Recently, I've had a few new promotions that I've wrestled for. Um, PCW and Wrestle Island. I've been yeah, to a yeah. couple that I've made debuts for. Uh, I think I've got another one coming up next year at some point for another promotion. So um slowly but surely sort of i guess climbing up the ladder and getting more opportunities yeah. Um, but yeah before lockdown it was pretty much i was pretty much just wrestling for my school's promotion <clears throat> and um another promotion in the southwest so hmm. yeah hmm. 
Fair enough. No, like I said, it's just another one of those. I don't I don't get to talk to independent wrestlers very often. I know it's a very, very different industry to like to the big promotion. So I'm always keen yeah. to know like how bookings and paying and, and things like that works. I know it's interesting. Thank you for thank yeah. you for opening my eyes to it a little bit. Um I have to ask about the chase. I don't know how often you get asked about the chase. Um I know you had an interview with my friend George Booker, what do you call yep. it, podcast, not too long ago. And when I said to him, oh, did you ask about the chase? He was like, what? I didn't even know he was on the chase. So, <laughs> and, like, he is kicking himself for not asking about the chase. Um, so, yeah, you how, how long ago was that? A couple of years ago you were on the chase? Um, yeah, so I filmed the episode uh, not long, uh, 2019, the, the end, towards the end of 2019. Hmm. Um, I went down to... Uh, Near, down to the south of the country, I think is near London, hmm. uh, to film the episode. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a mad experience. Like you, to see this, it was a to see a TV set and obviously see everything being filmed and obviously behind the scenes. You obviously met the new chaser who is Dara for anyone who doesn't know. Um, and obviously Bradley Walsh and yeah, it was just really one of those once in a lifetime experiences. Like. And it was nerve wracking as well, like just being put on the spot and having questions fired at you was like quite daunting. And for anyone who's watched it knows I didn't really do too well. Um, Got a few questions wrong that I really should have got right, like saying Dirty Harry was a cowboy was probably something that I'll get mullered. I'll get absolutely slaughtered for for everyone who knows me. but yeah, I filmed it in the back in the 2019, and then it pretty much aired a year to the day the episode was filmed. So it aired last year, November, and yeah, uh, it got a lot of. Uh, I, I got I see, everyone seemed to say I um, made a good account of myself, whereas I was like, no, nah, I just didn't. I barely got any questions right. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was surprised George didn't ask me about it. I was almost expecting the question. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, I didn't do very well at all. But um, yeah, you'd yeah. expect a UK podcast to ask about that, wouldn't you? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. An American podcast, like fair enough. They no idea what the chase is, unless they've got it over there. They've probably got it over there by now. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, no, I, I had to ask, and George is kicking <laughs> himself that he didn't ask. Um, <laughs> I wanted to ask about about Bradley Walsh actually. Um, again, for our American fans, I'm really sorry about this. I I don't like Bradley Walsh personally. Okay, um, I'm sure he's a very nice man, but I don't. It always seems to me like there's there's always questions on the chase where it's like a sexual innuendo, something that's set up to make right. it laugh. And it never seems accidental. It's a bit like this morning with Holly and Phil. Like everything always ends up being a sexual innuendo and you just get to a point where you're like, that's like the, the 50th one this week. These are happening on purpose. So can you let me in on any secrets? Like are they done on purpose just to trip him up or does he know about them? So there weren't... I can't recall any that were on the show. But yeah, it, 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 he, but uh, I will say he seemed like a really nice guy. Like, to be honest, we, we didn't really get a lot of time with him. It was pretty much we arrived on the set, we were briefed on like how the show had run, uh, and then we got onto the stage and he came out, sort of introduced himself, and then we literally just filmed the show from there. So, like, you, He'd obviously ask you questions in the cash builder and then you do your bit with the chaser and that was it. So we didn't really get a lot of time with him, but from like what I was watching, he seemed like a nice guy. He was quite funny as well. Like, uh, yeah. cause obviously there were questions he'd get 
wrong, like or like he'd mispronounce a word, so he'd have to stop and they'd have to film it again. And um, yeah, he seemed to be really happy with one of the. He said they got a que- answer of the day, which was a, uh, which was uh, a bonus for me doing so badly. I think it was some, it was like a football question. Hey. Um, uh, European Romanian European football champions, and it was Stuart Bucharest. Oh, and yeah, yeah. yeah he, he was like, whoa, that's a good answer. I was like, yeah, you need to give me more football questions and I'll do well. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he seemed all right. I mean, for any American people who do not know who he is, uh, Doctor Who's assistant, yeah. the latest one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember him saying that he's not a big fan of, like, CGI movies and CGI shows. Yeah. And then, then the chase was like, you were in Doctor Who, Bradley. What are you talking <laughs> about? Yeah, <laughs> like, oh yeah, moving on. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the chase. I watch a lot of daytime TV because I work from home. I prefer Tipping Point. That might be controversial. Yeah. I prefer Tipping Point. Um, right, let's bring it back to wrestling um, for a minute. I want to ask. Um, I've asked quite a few people about this this week. I've had um, lots of lots of guests on, lots of wrestlers on from like different backgrounds, religions, races, and I'm always really keen to if you're happy to talk about it. Yeah. Like the diversity and representation within wrestling and how it's come on over the years, because from from you telling me what your early inspirations were, it's it's clear that we grew up watching wrestling at a, a fairly similar age, like um, yeah. mid to late Attitude Era is when I, I was really getting into it. So yeah. for me, a young English white kid, like I didn't think anything of it. The, the, it was just lots of like 20, 30 year old white guys on the TV. That was it. That was just what I assumed wrestling was. Um, There was the Nation of Domination, which was obviously the most diverse thing out there at the time. Didn't really think anything of it. Like I I came, come from a pretty um, wholesome background and and community, Coventry, you know, no, no real exposure to racism or anything like that. So for me, it was just normal. I was like, oh, cool. There's the Nation of Domination. And then as years have gone on, there's been like the New Day, there's been the Hurt Business, there's not been, especially with WWE, I think a lot of other companies are doing it a lot better than WWE until recently. There's not been a great deal of representation over the years. I think at one point, WWE in the mid-2000s had two black women in the entire roster across all shows. That was literally it. Um, so for, for you, for yourself, like how, how have you found that getting into the business? Like Because like I say, you growing up you probably didn't have many chances to see people like yourself on tv yeah i mean like you mentioned i think i like uh i was watching wrestling the same time you were around about the attitude era um and you know i reckon the only asian wrestlers i ever saw were tiger ali singh yeah um and that was it really and obviously carly later on but yeah yeah um it, it was sort of difficult to kind of relate because there, there, there's no, like you said, there's no one looking like you. So you kind of, well, uh, I guess I was at such a young age that I was like, I didn't really care. But um, uh, getting into the business, like uh, I didn't really find any problems or issues. I, okay. I, I didn't, I'm kind of a naive person to some degree. Like I don't really think about, my ethnicity being an issue yeah. um so yeah, it shouldn't be because it is yeah exactly yeah which is which is, is exactly a great point um so i've never really saw it as a barrier for anything like i never thought 
I probably shouldn't take up wrestling because I'm Asian. Yeah. Like, that never really crossed my mind. Um, I can honestly say I've never really had any negative, anything ne- negative come of me being an Asian person uh, and a wrestler. Um, I've had a few experiences where I've seen some Asian kids in the crowd and obviously they've been quite pleased to see me, which is always like a nice feeling, you know, when you see a kid and you think, yeah, they're looking at me thinking, oh yeah, if he can do it, you know, reason why I can't do it. Um, But I've never saw my skin colour or my ethnicity as a barrier and I've certainly not been treated as, I don't feel like I've been treated differently because of it either. Um, but I, I agree to a point that I think divert the seat. It seems to be a, 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 a uphill rise in the amount of diversity that is going on in the business. Obviously, like you said, with WWE, we've got champions like Big E, uh, Kofi Kingston's won the belt, Bobby Lashley. Um, especially within Brit- British wrestling, there's a lot of like uh, BAME performers right now who are getting a spotlight, and rightfully so. Um, so I think it's definitely on the rise. I mean, they could, they, there's probably a lot more work that could be done. But um, yeah, for me personally, I, I've never had any negative experiences. Good. No, that's good to hear. Like, yeah. it's it sounds horrible to say the word normal, but like it is starting to feel more normal now. Yeah. Like, like I said, I, I've never had any issues with it, never had any exposure to it being an issue. No one's ever said to me, like, it's like it's a racism thing growing up. But like when I... When I see the New Day, like I adore the New Day, I think they're the yeah. greatest faction of all time, and that's controversial in itself. But um, I really do. But when I see them come on the TV, I know it might sound a bit sound a bit contrived and like I'm bullshitting a little bit, but I, I genuinely don't look at them and think, "Oh, there's three black guys," you know. Yeah. I just look and think, "Ah, oh, there's three of my favorite wrestlers." Yeah, and that's that's how it should be. It's it's starting to become more normal now, like with the Hurt Business. I'm trying to think who else is on TV, like Sasha, Sasha Banks, okay, yeah. and, um, Bianca Bianca yeah. You know, there's so, so much more now. Lots of starting to get more Japanese wrestlers as well, like EOSI, yeah. um, the NXT UK women's champion is Japanese. Their men's champion is, forgive me, I think, Russian. It was Dragonov, Ilya Dragonov, yeah. Is he, is he Russian? I don't know if he might be playing a Russian character, but might be from somewhere else. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I'm not sure myself, but he's, he's kind of Eastern European. Yeah, like Ukraine, kind of, yeah. Kind of that, that sort of area, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, no, it's it's becoming more commonplace and it's great. It's, it's a beautiful thing to see because back when back when it was the nation of domination, I think it was more, more likely that people would notice that there were four strong black men in a prominent position on TV. Yeah, especially like, the gimmick they were portraying as well. Like, yeah. Quite a, quite a, like, Muslim, almost uh, black power kind of gimmick, wasn't it, when yeah. it started out? Militant, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, whereas these days now, like, look at New Day, they're gamers. Yeah. They're gamers, they're geeks, they're comic book fans. Like, that's something that people can relate to. And it's, it's something that young black kids can relate yeah. to as well, because I've spoken to, to a few African-Americans this last week, and they've said, like, New Day have opened the door for kids of colour to like get into avenues that they normally wouldn't have done because they don't feel like they're allowed to be comic book fans because you don't really see them at conventions. You know, yeah. I do a couple of conventions and it is pretty much pasty, spotty white guys. 
unfortunately. But yeah, no, cool, man. Thank you. Thank you. I know it's it's a bit of a, a touchy subject. Not a lot of people like to talk about it. So I, I appreciate your your views and opinions on it. Um, let's look to the future. Obviously, this has been a really crap last couple of years. Um, COVID has obviously had such a profound effect on more important things than wrestling, but obviously as wrestling fans, it has basically, well, for at least the last, the first year, completely ruined the industry and especially the independence. It just absolutely ravaged all these smaller promotions, even promotions like Ring of Honor, like a big yeah. promotion that we've now seen maybe on its way out because of the efforts they went to during the pandemic. So now that we're, we're, I think we're pretty much on the other side. I know there's still some other things going on over here in the UK and boosters and stuff like that. And there's lots of more lockdowns and blah, blah, blah. But like in an ideal world now, what's your, what does Chocolate Funders 2022 look like? I know you've said that you, you're hoping to start taking more bookings and you've got upcoming shows early next year, but what, like if you were to like fantasy book your next year, what does it look like for you? Is there anything that you want to accomplish in the next year? Um, so yeah, definitely, as you mentioned, get more bookings for more promotions across the country. Uh, a lot of my bookings this year have been in the Northwest, like I mentioned, PCW and Russell Island. Um, obviously I would, would like to like reach out to like down South and obviously East and West Midlands. Um, so yeah, just getting matches there. Um, name wise, uh, I would like, a, I wouldn't mind a match with Gene Money and like also Charles Crowley. Um, I really love their gimmicks and they're very similar to the kind of stuff I do or Chocolate Thunder does. So I would love a match with either of those two next year. Um, but I, th- I think the general goal for me is to just get my name out there. I feel like I'm getting a bit of momentum behind me. Um, people are starting to take notice and start starting to like, realize who I am and you know just just to spread I guess spread the word and get my face out there and get a bit more exposure because I, I felt like before COVID hit that was starting to happen and then obviously everything got shut down and it almost felt like I was starting at square one again but um you know I, I tried to keep my keep myself relevant throughout lockdown and you know post content like, like all you could do like contact promoters and just ask about opportunities and I've been given a few so hopefully with the new year coming up I can get more of those and you know get to a higher level than I than uh, I am currently yeah man absolutely no I hope it happens for you man and come Thank try you. and come down to Coventry try and get in with Kamikaze Pro man they are like my favorite promotion that we've got around here um I went to see them a couple of years ago couple of years before COVID hit, so like early, about four years ago. Um, And they had a few like local names advertised for the show and I turned up. Keith Lee was there. Pete Dunn was there. um, Trent Seven was there. um, Eddie from NXT UK. I always want to say Eddie Eddie Daniels. Eddie Eddie Dennis. Dennis. Eddie Dennis, yeah. He was there. Um, Millie McKenzie was there. Like loads of names that have gone on to to be noticed by NXT UK. So man, try and get down to Kamikaze because honestly, like you've got a character, you've got a gimmick that is so rare to find these days. So I think, like you said, the more you can spread your wings, the more you can get noticed. And hopefully, you know, my, my show might do that a little bit. I don't know how many views this is going to get, but even if it's just a couple, couple of hundred more people that get, get your name out there, like that's, you know, 
you, you seem like a good guy. So I, I want to try and help spread, spread the word and spread your name a little bit. Um, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that now. So the, the very last question that I like to, to ask by um, on this independent series is it's a segment called putting yourself over. So I want to give you a few minutes, basically just hype yourself up, man. Just tell people like what it is that they're missing <clears throat> out by not knowing about chocolate thunder, like sell your gimmick, tell them why they need to be paying attention to you. I know we've talked a little bit about where you're going to be, but like what they can expect from you in the near future. I mean, Chocolate Chocolate Funder is the kind of person who is one of a kind. Um, he, he he wears the loudest clothes. He has the loudest mouth. He there's no one else like him in Britwest at the moment. I honestly believe, like you get in someone who just does not give a damn and is just just there to be different, there to be different, there to be seen, and you know, I honestly believe wherever I go, I would be the standout name that most people talk about. And it's happened like on shows I've been on, you know, everyone just, you, you see all these like guys, but then there's kids going, who's the guy in the purple jacket and the, the crazy hat. And that's the impression I want to make. I want to be that guy that people talk about when they're going home going, yeah, you know, the, the guy with the purple hat and the sunglasses was like straight crazy. Um, but you know, that, that's the sort of thing I bring to the table, just some um, a unique element and a unique character, uh, someone who you, you'll be, who people will remember, and someone who you, you're not going to see like in many places. It's it's like a one of a kind attraction, and that's what Chocolate Thunder is, and that's why, you know, I want to get myself out there a bit more and you know show people what I'm about. And you know, show people that I, uh, you know, I am, I am what I say. I'm, I'm unique. I am one of a kind, and I am like someone who you should be taking seriously. Yeah, absolutely, man. Could not agree more. Um, so before I let you go, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. But before I let you go, um, where can people find you on social media and any channels or anything like that that you've got? Yep, so uh, my Instagram and Twitter are Chucky underscore Funder, handily both the same handle. Uh, I'm, face- I'm on Facebook as well. Uh, if you search Chocolate Funder Wrestler, you'll find me on there. And um, yeah, hit me up, like my post, subscribe, and yeah, that- that's where you can find me. Awesome, man. Brilliant. No, like I say, man, thank you so much. I'm going to put all of that in the about section as well, so anybody can just click those links and-, and just get directed straight to your pages chocolate i feel weird calling a person chocolate chocolate all sorts is fine (laughs) chocolate chocky cocoa bear thank you so much for joining me man it's been an absolute pleasure always nice to talk to a local guy as well uh it's been an absolute blast guys thank you for watching thank you for listening i hope you're enjoying this indie wrestling spotlight series if you are like i said at the start please hit subscribe please hit follow really helps me out on the channel to provide more great content for you guys and i will hope to see you next time on it's my wrestling podcast (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.